Welcome to Get Gig Ready. If you're a music maker emerging or early in your career, or even a veteran looking to brush up on the basics, we're here to get you close to some amazing local talent to help amp up your skills. Get Gig Ready is presented by City of Ride, Lane Cove Council, the Live Music Office, Music New South Wales, and 2SER, with support from Macquarie University. Today, I'm joined by Jay Woo Kim. He is the founder of Opera Classica and has had a wonderful career singing principal roles in Europe with the English National Opera and Opera Australia. He's worked with several acclaimed conductors and runs his own music school. Now, Jay Woo, I wanted to start off because I'm not super familiar with the genre. How did you first get involved with it? And what still sings, pun intended, about the, uh, about the genre after so many years? I started learning singing when I was 16 and I went to the high school, which is a music high school in South Korea. Of course, at the time, I was learning classical music, not knowing that I'm going to be an opera singer, but classical singer. While on my uh, my final year at um, ANU, Australian National University, Canberra School of Music, I auditioned for Opera Australia. Then, since then, I just became an opera singer. And that's my very uh, much interest in classical music. And I spent all my life being an opera singer. Yeah, so it, it sounds kind of like, you know, you stumbled into it, which I think is really fun that there's still those opportunities out there for opera performers so many years on from what some would consider, I guess, the heyday of the genre. I guess talking about that vocal training and what you had to go into to get into opera, you know, how important is the voice as an instrument and why do you think it connects with people across so many forms and styles? The, the difference between when you say it's an instrument, um, there are many instruments apart from the voice, uh, like a violin, piano, guitar, harp. But the difference, different thing between the voice and the instruments is that um, we use the lyrics, which has the detailed story to tell, and the story can relate to someone's life, someone's feeling, and someone's situation. So people can feel connected with singing. That is the most important thing. And the the voice or singing can be used as an instrument. Yeah, I know. I think it's really interesting because as well as, you know, having, as you say, the lyrics and the connection, we, there's also such a great diversity in the kind of vocal performances we get. You know, for example, opera, I guess, is uh, the, the most one of the most classical, most pure forms of singing that we still have in a mainstay today. There are so many other forms of traditional singing from all around the world as well, all the way straight through to just like death metal and screams. And there's a, an amazing range that people are able to draw from it as an instrument. But at the same time, you know, how important is it for you as a musician who works with your voice as your main instrument to take care of it? Because, you know, I reference their death metal and that's a style of music that takes a whole different level of care. You know, how, how do you take care of something that's a part of your body that you're using every day as well as for your performances? <laughs> Another voice, this is actually consists with uh, all the different muscles as well. So this is uh, about the training, how well you can get trained, uh, get, uh, how well you can train yourself as a vocalist. So this is very important how you start getting a right training at the beginning. So it is very important to find the right technician or you can call vocal teacher or vocal coach. But how to keep it going for the hectic schedules and everyday singing 
is that it's like a just maintain your old body, maintain your old instrument is uh, like a looking after your body as well. Of course, um, the con uh, constant practice is the best way to keep the voice going and also proper rest. Like uh, going to the gym, you can do the just workout, but after the workout, you need to rest so the muscles can get and grow or strengthened. It's the same as just a vocal as well. You, once you just abuse your vocal cords or singing, it's, it, it will deteriorate quite easily. No, I, I, can, I can relate to that. You know, whilst using the voice for radio is a very different discipline to using it for opera. Mm. You know, I think there's a lot of hosts in the industry who just won't speak to anyone before they get into the studio and, you know, warm up. They won't speak to anyone after they leave until they've kind of <laughs> had that grace period. Yeah, I can I can remember that uh, when I debuted my first major role for Opera Australia in 1999, my mother came over to be a witness for my first performance ever from South Korea. And I just couldn't talk to her much because I was so nervous at the time. So I just try not to use my words much so I can just use them all on, on the stage. Yeah. It is very, yeah, it's nerve-wracking and also very hard to maintain it. I guess the experience that I want to talk about of my own is that one time before I went to perform, you know, I'd completely lost my voice the day of the performance and I was just downing tea all day until eventually my voice was back enough to do the performance, you know, for, for up and coming singers. Is that, is that dangerous? Did I make a mistake in doing that? Should I have just kind of held off and played it a bit safe? Most, uh, most common mistakes that amateur singers or not quite established singer can do is that they don't know how to pace themselves through the whole performance. For example, when when we sing the opera, we sing with the orchestra. Once you just start competing with the orchestra, because you know you have to sing through the orchestra sound, which is not so easy without the microphone. But yeah. we we don't use the microphone as an opera singer. So some people they just try to compete to make their voice carries towards the end of the auditorium. So they just pushes it. But you need to know how much you have left yeah. until the end of the performance. So pacing yourself is very important. And at the same time, as I said earlier, right technique, that's the key to last your voice longer until at the end of the performance, at least without losing your voice. Yeah, I think the really interesting thing hearing you talk about this is that so many of the uh, descriptions you're making of using the voice as an instrument are very similar to analogies that I've heard back when I used to coach sports, you know, and I've, there's always the analogy that, you know, the, the vocalist is like the athlete of music. You have to kind of know how to pace what you're doing. And I think also drummers tend to get that as well. I, I guess the, the last thing I wanted to touch on before we move on to, you know, your career more broadly is... You know, do you think that uh, it's ever too late to pick up the voice as an instrument? Because I think a lot of my friends I know who consider themselves a little tone deaf often second guess themselves about getting a little bit of vocal training. Is it ever too late to start? <laughs> uh, I'll I'll never say never too late. <laughs> um, I have a, I have my own studio in Gordon, and I teach uh, singing here. And my oldest student is. 77 years old, man. What a legend. Yeah. Just started about six months ago. And he enjoys a weekly uh, lesson. And 
he has improved a lot and he knows that. And actually today he had a lesson this morning online. Then he was so happy with his progress. Then I always encourage that if he came to me, you know, if he came to me at, at the beginning and saying that, oh, I want to be an opera singer, I'll say, okay, they're going to be tough. What's your goal? And he said, I want to sing better. Oh, I want to just, in, uh, because I enjoy singing, I want to sing for my family and any family gathering. I want to sing better. Yeah. All right. I can help you with that. So I have a big range, uh, age range uh, students from 14 years old to 77 years old. Someone who wants to start singing, they can do any time, any age. Yeah, I mean, that's fantastic. And I absolutely support that, you know, get into it, even if it's just learning it a new skill. So you can just kind of pitch in when it when it comes up at public events, go for it. I guess the next thing I wanted to talk about is a little bit more uh, about your career. And, you know, you've performed all around the world with Opera Australia, the English National Opera, some principal roles over in Europe. I wanted to ask how you actually get involved in those opportunities, because I think that there's quite a externally from outside of uh, the opera scene, I suppose. It seems like there's quite an academic rigor to, you know, rising your way up the ranks with opera. How do you actually get a start in, you know, making those connections with large groups, you know, orchestras, operas, uh, so that you have those opportunities? On my last, uh, on my final year of um, postgraduate diploma in uh, Canberra, Canberra School of Music, I had the opportunity to audition for the position in the chorus of Opera Australia. And I just went down to Melbourne to audition for that. And I actually got the job on the spot. Awesome. Yeah, I was an overseas student at the time. So I didn't really have a proper visa. So Australia sponsored me to get a permanent residency. Then that's the start. Uh, that's, that's how I started with um, the relationship with Opera Australia. Uh, that was 1996. Then I was... I became I became a uh, young artist two two years after that. Then year after that, I became a principal tenor for Australia until I just left UK. In two thousand seven, I just uh, went to UK with my family and my wife, basically with my um, uh, first daughter. She was fifteen months old. It was a brave move for me because I was quite comfortable doing the, all the principal roles for Australia at the time, but I needed to have a big challenge my career because I was only 36 years old at the time then I just want to just have a if I don't have any challenge at the time you know I can just easily just sit back and just do whatever it was given by uh, Opera Australia at the time that was comfortable and nice too but I just always wanted to have a challenge so we just uh, decided to move to UK that it wasn't an uh, easy start because they didn't know about me. Yeah. Even though I used all the references uh, from the the world famous conductors um, to introduce me to the, all the agencies and opera companies, but in UK there are millions and millions of singers there. Yeah. So I was just just one of them. Then luckily I had a breakthrough to audition for Longborough Summer Festival to sing Alfredo in La Traviata. Then after that, I had a good opportunity to audition for opera uh, companies. And also, I had my agent in UK at the time. Then 
my European uh, career started from there. Yeah, I think, you know, it's really interesting because I, I think for a lot of people, uh, you know, when they describe their musical journey, there's there's not as many kind of stops as pa- and pauses in there. You know, you going overseas and having to start things off again. And there's a lot of determination, I think, that it takes to push through that barrier once you've already kind of had a bit of a break and then have to do it again because, you know, you feel like, oh, God, I've already been here before. Why do I have to prove myself again? <laughs> but but sometimes, especially in communities, as you say, as large as the UK opera scene, you just kind of have to do it. And uh, you know, it's really great that you uh you managed to get through like that. Yeah, it was um it was a different field. You know, UK and Australia is you know we are not quite we are we are actually related with the music and operas and all that, but it's totally different field. And also, I had a pretty much similar experience when I was uh, in Canberra. When I just moved to Sydney, there was another, there was a first uh, step for me to go into the upper grade, upper level of singing. And that was the experience I have the courage to challenge you with uh, bigger and better uh, stages. Then that really helped me to do that in UK, even though I started from the scratch. It was tough, but yeah, I knew I had to do it. And I did it. <laughs> yeah, I think the other thing uh, that I wanted to kind of touch on before we close off is, you know, you you have your own uh, m- music school where you teach voice that you mentioned and you have a broad range of students that we were talking about earlier. I guess, especially over the last year with opera being, uh, you know, something that often relies on having a large orchestra to perform with, how important is it for you as a singer to kind of have uh, – that school on the side to kind of keep things going outside of performance over the past year? To be honest with you, it is not easy. And when I was in the uh, in the peak of my career, I just didn't have time to teach anyone. I only had a one student at a time in UK because she was kind of friends, like acquaintance uh, daughter who just asked me to teach her to get to the Royal College of Music. So I helped, I helped her, her singing. But I just couldn't afford to teach someone else while I was keep singing with, uh, in the peak of my career. And now I'm over 50 and I teach, I mainly teach these days, even though a couple of concerts last year was cancelled due to the due to the the pandemic. And now I fully teach so I can concentrate more in teaching. But up until 2018, I was singing actively with other opera company with Queens, Opera Queensland. I was singing each year. But at the time I had I I was teaching as well that that was quite tough. And I had to, sometimes I have to just reschedule my students to get to uh, the the rehearsal of Opera Queensland and also performances. And also I have to reschedule to get myself more time to practice and maintain my body, maintain my voice, because the teaching requires a lot of voice, uh, using of voice as well. Yeah. So I say, the full-time teaching plus singing is the most difficult thing. Uh, luckily, I'm now old enough to uh, know the, all the knowledge to teach uh, students. And I teach at the Accessia College in Sydney. 
And that really gives me the idea how to maintain my teaching and how to manage my time between teaching and singing. That's really interesting. You know, I, I suppose it makes sense to me having done coaching in the past myself as to how tiring it can be. But for a vocal coach, you know, having to actually uh, put your voice through the rigors for a full-time day over and over again with so many students would actually be crazy intense. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's I've learned that today. That's really surprised me. Yeah, it is, it is hard. So I, I don't tend to teach anyone if I have a big gig on the day. So I can rest myself and I can I can just bring myself into that mode to perform at that night, at that night of the performance. Well, Jay, we, it has been wonderful speaking with you and I've, I've learned so much about opera because it's not a, a genre that I'm particularly close to, but I think that there's some real great lessons to learn uh, from your career and the things that you've done. So thank you so much for sharing them with us here on Get Gig Ready. That's my pleasure and hopefully just my interview helps someone who understands about the classical music. If you want to find any of Jay Wu's work, we will have links up on the podcast. Be sure to check that out. Before we go, I've got a feature track here for you featuring Jay Wu singing Una Fativa Lagrima. I hope I've got that pronunciation right. Probably a bit of a mess. I wasn't able to ask him any questions about this particular performance because we had to track down the rights to be able to play it in the first place. The recording quality isn't the best, so don't feel bad skipping it if you can't put up with it. But I figured that the showmanship and talent of Jay Wu's is well and truly on display in here. So I hope you enjoy.
si può morir si può morir Thank you.